Welcome to our weekly Junior Hockey Network edition of the Against the Green Hockey Show. He is Coach Sterling and I am Jay House Center. Together we are the Against the Green Hockey Show. You can subscribe on iTunes and on, on YouTube or listen to us at www.juniorhockeynetwork.com. Big show today. We're going to be discussing nothing but the truth and no self-serving agendas with the Against the Green Hockey Show. The Against the Green Hockey Show is brought to you by the International Elite Sports Group. How are you today, Coach Sterling? I am wonderful. How are you, sir? Uh, good. Like you say, uh, it's a little cloudy, uh, but sunny today, so it's it's not a bad day. Yeah. We had a little bit of uh, the S word here earlier. Oh, that that sucks. I was talking to Coach Leonard up in Cochran last night, and he had me on speakerphone, and he slid right across the road. He said he's they got about four inches of snow. Holy mackerel. Yeah, so... So it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. One, one question I actually found out yesterday. What are your thoughts on the AAU? They added, they're allowed four 21-year-olds as of today. Uh, I was hoping that wouldn't go through, to be honest with you. Um, you know what? It, it, it allows for um, possibly a higher level. Um, you know, with a veteran experience, that's entirely possible. Uh, it, I mean, you know, the, the GMHL runs totally on the aspect of, you know, you could always be an overager there. Um, I'm not sure if it's done for monetary aspects or actual game aspects. So I'm kind of caught in between. I, I, you know, I wouldn't want to susposition anything on that because that would, uh, that would not be right. I'll, I'm not a fan of it, um, but at the same time, uh, some people do develop later or they can, you know, actually benefit a team. So I'm, I'm trying to leave an open mind on the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's like I was discussing last night with a player who played for the Sioux Firehawks in the Midwest Junior Hockey League in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And um, they're talking about four players coming back, and one of them is, was the league, leading scorer last year, Nick Murphy. Oh, yeah, Nick, um, Nick played for me before. Yeah, he, he, he like you say, he's... He needs a couple of credits to, to go back to, to, to Western Michigan, and uh, he's, like you say, not funny and hard, but trying to do the credits and that, and now he's t- t- talking about going back to the Firehawks for the rest of the season and work on his grades so that he can get back up there. And for a kid like that, I think it's beneficial, big beneficial for the team in the league, of course. Right. But four, to me, I think two is a little bit better if you're going to actually do it. But four, that's, that to me, that's, a, that's a, a lot. It's almost taking spots away from kids that you're going to develop, right? Right. You're breaking up a bit on Skype here, just letting you know. Oh, it must be your snow down in uh, Brockville. No, I look great on here. <laughs> <laughs> I looks fine. Um, yeah, Nick played for me before. Um, you know, very talented guy. Uh, moved him back to defense a bit, forward a bit. And he's, you know, he's a, he's a very good hockey player. And, um, you know, he, he'd be the first one to tell you he's not a strong student like he wanted to be. Um, so it's it's a good opportunity for him, obviously. Uh, um, as far as it being two or four, uh, you know, I, I'll put it in this aspect. When I was over in Europe, we were allowed three imports per team. And I think I've told you the story before about Laurie Boschman and Doug Smale and Doug Smale skating around a whole two minutes uh, yep. on a penalty kill and kept the puck. Nobody could get him. Um, so, you know, three, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, two or four at that point to me it really doesn't matter because it, it's it's the AAU um, and not Hockey Canada not USA Hockey and so I'm I'm not 
hockey's kind of a in a quandary on that anyway, because in Canada you can play juniors, major junior, and then go to college. You can even play pro and get an amateur status back, obviously, and play yep. in college. And uh, in the U.S., you can't do that. So it's it's really a mix between the two. Um, but but guys like Nick, you know, they'll they'll be good. They're good for the team. They're good for uh, you know the the players around too. If they utilize that experience to teach others, then that's great. Understandable. Now, the next big thing, uh, like I say, everybody's talking about it. I talked to a referee today. I saw him in Walmart when I was doing my grocery shopping. Is uh, the OHL social media, uh, what's going on there? Uh, well, uh, you want some Tinder to start a fire. I guess you got it. <laughs> exactly. Like I say, a little bit more than just ashes and uh, sparks there. No. Uh, you know, I, I, I really looked at that. And, of course, you know, my, my former law enforcement background, I really – Try to just uncover all the rocks myself before I before I speak out on those things. But uh, I like to say that's a two way street. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that what the uh, punishment was fit the crime. How's that? I think that's a fair enough statement on there. Um, but having said that, <laughs> you can always smell. But coming, um, the OHL generally leads uh, leads the way when it comes to suspensions for things, and oddly enough, ends up making its way up to the AHL and the NHL. Um, you know, they they've handed out some pretty hefty suspensions before, and it's really brought to light a couple of things. So, so it, you know, that it, change it, may it, be good. And also looking at, like you say, seeing what was said and everything else, like both players got same suspensions. To me, one was a little bit worse mm-hmm. than the other, mm-hmm. but I don't know, is, is David Branch making a statement, or is it uh, just because really it's the first time they, uh, like I said, they deserve, what again, the punishment sometimes doesn't fit the crime, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you have to look at both incidents in a, in, in a separate manner. And, let, you know, if you went to court, are you going to try both guys at the same time? Um, you know, was it the same person, et cetera? You know, you, you get those things back and forth as well. Um, so I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but Mr. Branch has never uh, shied away from making a statement in the uh, protecting of, of the OHL and the uh, standards there. So you, you can't really, I mean, anytime I hear something going on in the OHL, I'm like, oh man, they're either going to get suspended for life or half of the season. I mean, that's just, there's there's really not much gray area. So why guys continue to you know, ride the fence on those things? That's not very smart on their part either. But the teams have a lot to be accountable for on that. The management of the teams, the coaching staff, et cetera, they have a lot to be accounted for on that as well. And you know they can say, oh well, you know it's not our job to babysit them. Well, actually it is. Uh, and and you when are you're, when you're fighting for because they're representing you. And how do you want to be represented as a team and as a league, et cetera? In an example with with you, I use your son and Brockville. You guys are from Florida, mm-hmm. so he's he's hundreds hundreds of miles away. So, like you say, you're not monitoring him as as a parent to a point. Mm-hmm. Not that the, the teams can monitor the kids totally; they're they're, they're becoming young men. Right. But at, but at the same time, like is the OHL or CHL, I know they they try to help educate the players when it comes to marketing themselves and everything else, and. Like we've talked before about Twitter, mm-hmm. to me it's a good marketing tool for for sports overall and junior hockey, junior A hockey. Like I said, they don't get as much marketing education as as the 
as the OHL and that, but it's something that maybe it's it has to start just like the concussion programs mm-hmm. and the mental health programs that just started, and that's a whole another can of worms there. But they're starting to educate these players on those situations. Maybe it's social media has to be the another uh, another education program. It it certainly does, and it, I know that the NHL has uh, you know they have their requirements that. Uh, are, are put in place, and a lot of the guys don't tweet their own stuff. They actually have someone else that does it so that they can look through it, etc. Um, I think, you know, uh, Paul Bissonnette was one of the more forward-thinking, I guess, in that aspect. Uh, got himself in a little bit of hot water, but if you actually sit and listen to him and talk to his, uh, you know, talk to him, you understand it's it's just his candor. You know, that that's all it is. You're actually seeing his... Uh, personality come out a lot of the times, and that's what you want, uh, you know. But it's not really uh, always always suitable. But you have the you have the right to not subscribe to somebody's Twitter. Yep. You have the right to not watch somebody or talk to somebody. I I just think players at the junior level, some at the pro, but more at the junior level and college level, um, we need to start it in the juniors area. And and let it let the teachings begin there, uh, because a lot of guys get caught with their pants down, uh, you know, pun intended, yeah, obviously. But um, but literally, right? yeah. And uh, you know, if if you don't have that in place ahead of time, you'll never have it after that. So again, yeah, like anything I, else, teach them, teach them at a young age, and mm-hmm. they'll learn as they, learn as they get older too, right? So. Yeah, that's correct. That's very correct. As I as I told you before, you know, I had a a, a friend that's that's coaching, a uh, colleague, and he uh, he requires every player uh, to bring their uh, cell phones. They're not allowed to take them into the uh, locker room at all. They have to yep. put them in a basket, and that way nobody gets any pictures. Nobody records anything that's said, and if it happens, then you're gone. I mean, it's that simple. Uh, and that's not a bad way to put it. Well, and that's the same as like we we've talked before about other coaches of our because again talking about the smartphones and the Blackberries mm-hmm. and the iPhones, coaches are putting them in baskets at the front of the buses just so the players can communicate with each other instead of listen, putting the earphones on, listening to their own music or and I understand listening to their own music to a point, but at times, uh, like you say on the bus, it's not like when we played and we had to talk to each other because. There wasn't anything else to do other than watch a slap shot movie over and over. On the movie exactly. <laughs> so, so like I said, and we talked before about like the former hockey player Cody Marcode, who like say has this, this song, uh, "Smartphone." He's a country singer and just signed with the sign. He's now is on the CMT um, website with with his smartphones, talking about how much they get people in trouble today. Yeah. It's um, They're great, but at the same time, it can hurt us too, right? It can. It's uh, definitely a bit of a juggling aspect that comes in, and and hockey players are are known at least through media aspects of having the the better personalities to actually just you know go sit and talk to them at a at a restaurant or a bar or just about anywhere, um, which is why I think a lot of hockey players become firemen and policemen. We've talked about that before because. It keeps the social skill, the camaraderie, and they learn that because you know they talk to the people all the time. And the teamwork, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, I got your back, you got my back. Yeah, that's so. the way it's supposed to work. <laughs> yep. Usually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, like I said, 
the other big thing is uh, the the coaches or the, the the like you say the teams lately that have been twenty one one sixteen one. Mm. Um, it's it's something like you say some organizations like we talked about the other day. It's it happened in the Greater Metro last week and once in the NLJHL and me talking to Coach uh, Leonard from Cochrane. And he said, uh, he goes, a win's a win. It could determine one game at the end of the season. He goes, we held up. A lot of our rookies who haven't even played much got a lot of ice time with veterans who usually don't play together. And it, it happened. Like, sometimes it does happen, but there are other teams out there that do run it up where Coach Leonard said, we just not take our foot off the, the pedal, but at the same time we move things around and not use it as a practice, but that the rookies, like uh, Alex Goulet for Cochrane, got his first NOJHL uh, junior hockey career mm-hmm. goal. So two different situations in my eyes, but it's uh, what's your opinion on those type of scores? Like the next game, they beat Abitibi, so we're, we're Sturgeon Falls is getting their ass kicked every game. Yeah. Well, I mean, that Sturgeon is a, is a different – it's in a different umbrella altogether uh, because, you know, the, the owners, the coach, and, the, you know – what do you do? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, they, these, these guys pay money to play. And so, you know, they should have proper coaching. They should have, you know, the, the proper equipment gear, et cetera. You know, anything that that's there, they should be, you know, provided that at the same time, um, you know, the coach cannot get out there and perform for them, um, but they should be at least more prepared. And obviously, what twenty-one to one, or twenty-one yeah. to nothing, whatever it was, uh, they should be more prepared. That should never occur. And as I said, you know, as a as a coach, you want to sit there and say, okay, everybody's forward. Now you're playing on defense. But if you look at it in the aspect of, okay, is that fair on the goalie because now he doesn't have the same level of defense that he had before when the guys were up there scoring. Uh, do you tell the guys not to score, which is basically the the, the big reward for hockey? You know, I mean, they, we all yep. skate and practice so that we can get that one you know, that one goal or the two goals. Or, so do you the really want to do that? Pipes, you know, right? pass it, yeah, make them pass it three times in the offensive zone. Do whatever you have to do, but you know when you're when you're still doing that, and you know then I look at the scoreboard and it says you know fight, checking to head, checking from behind, etc. You go well, yeah, I wouldn't have took my my foot off the gas either. I said, well, if they want to goon it up, let's score it up. Uh, and, uh, you know, put the puck in the net, and all they can do is just chase you around and act like idiots. But, uh, you know, that's, that's just comes from the direction that's given to them. So, uh, and that's, and that's going to where Abbott Tibby and, uh, uh, not sorry, not Abbott, yeah, Abbott Tibby and Mattawa, the game after mm-hmm. Cochran. Mattawa loses 16-1, and the next night they turn around and they beat Abitibi. So, like I say, to me, it does happen every so often. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we we talked about the other day, it's like watching a Toronto Maple Leaf game, right? It's uh, it's something they blown out, and then they beat Chicago two nights later. So I know your wife likes that one, but it's, uh, like I say, uh, it does happen sometimes. But with somebody, like you say, the, the Lumberjacks, it's happening every game, and you as a hockey advisor, as a parent, sending a, play, a player or your son there, to me, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's it's, it's very difficult. I, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it, but you know, everybody's situation is different. If you live near there or that's your, basically your only chance to, to play, then you should go and make the most of it, obviously. But your safety and 
you know, well-being have to come into consideration at some point, too. Because when those games get out of hand, people get hurt, and that's what we don't want. Exactly. And it's, it's something, again, it's if, – if next couple of weeks, if, it, if the scores stay down, it's, you can say, yeah, they're having a bad couple of weeks, a bad streak, but unfortunately right now it's not uh, – it's not looking that way. Uh, no, but I'm trying to kind of gauge things that, that are going on as far as like, uh, um, well, in, in Canada here, they, you know, they've, they've gotten a new coach. Um, so, you know, is that going to make everything change? Well, now they've got five wins. So there might be a little oomph to that. Um, you know, but other places it's the same, it's the same people in the same positions. And so they're not really getting anything new out of it. Um, I think Blind River, you and I were talking about, and they changed yep. the, they changed the entire management uh, yep. and kept the coach obviously, but he's now the GM as well. Yep. Uh, so, so, you know, that's another scenario that, you know, could you send players there? Well, you know what, they made changes. So if they're willing to make those changes, then that means they're they're not accepting, uh, you know, what's going on, and so they want to get better. That's where you look at that in a good situation. That uh, was a different situation because theirs was actually new ownership altogether, and everything else stayed the same, and so yep. nothing's really changed there on the ice on the product. And that's you know hopefully going to get better. And uh, I think I think again going the Mattawa situation is like say with with Aaron uh, Corbier doing like mm-hmm. say, trying to do a hell of a job down there with Al Donan and his group taking over the organization. Um, I think they're trying to clean everything up first yeah. with uh, uh, like you say what what's happened, and then they're going to change what, what the product on the ice. Because I think they're doing a lot of – he doesn't want to just do Band-Aids in, in Mattawa. Yeah. Mattawa's loving it, so he wants to fix it, not just uh, to put a Band-Aid over the wound. Where Blind River, I think, knowing Don, who's been around for years, he's probably said to the players, now we got a new management and everything else, and I can't speak for him, but mm-hmm. saying, we got a new management, give us give us a couple weeks. Yeah, We're going to probably make a few changes here and there, bring in players, do this and that. Where that's what's going to happen, Blind River. Neither team's going anywhere. I don't care what anybody says. What they say, smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. They want them in a different league. It's it, they're not going anywhere. They've been around Mattawa. Al has said to me uh, yesterday that he goes, uh, it's, "It's it's what the saying will fall in deaf ears." He goes, "They're in for the long haul." Mattawa is loving the team and loving, excuse me, the new ownership group. And uh, I think they're both going to, like you say. Uh, be around for a long time, and I think it's just going to take a little bit of time to to clean up what's happening. Yeah, I, and I totally agree with you on that. And it's, you know, I've I've been in that position as a manager and as a coach before, and um, it, it kind of got labeled as, you know, the, the cleanup coach. You know, you come in and clean things up a little bit, and then, you know, I, like the eternal uh, uh, intern coach. <laughs> you know, I'm the intern coach. You know, I'm I'm there to bandage things up and keep them rolling so the next person and group that comes in can do it. And, you know, it, it can wear on you, but you do learn a lot. And you learn, you know, the different things about the communities in that aspect, too, because some people, uh, I'll take in Point Mattawa, uh, absolutely loves the team. They absolutely love them. I've, I've been there. They absolutely love the team. Uh, but there were obviously things going on that we didn't know about. 
Um, yep. And so, you know, they've made the changes and, you know, for the good or for the bad, I don't like the way it was handled, but that's not for me to, to, to chastise either. So, uh, you know, it's working because it's, it's getting things taken care of for hockey and that's the main goal. And for the kids to develop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the hockey. I mean, that's it. You know, when you have the kids out there and spending time, you know, skating with the kids, um, you know, being on the ice with them, that's, that's a lot better than, you know, go to the rink, put your stuff on and, and get out. So they are exactly. part of the community. Uh, I don't know about Blackburn River. I have not been there. I only know people that have. Um, and I know it's a small community. So, you know, it, if they get 200 people to a game, you know, they start winning, they're going to get about 800 people. But they have a strong support that will travel. Oh, and that's and that's going to us based here in Sault Ste. Marie and going to, uh, let's say, our Sioux Thunderbird games. And the Blind River fans, they, they probably come to, it's an hour and a half, 90 minutes away. They probably get 20, 30, maybe 40 people to a game, and they only got one Sault Ste. Marie boy on the team this year. When I go to Elliott Lake, I've talked to Nathan up in Elliott Lake and uh, mm-hmm. the former mayor, Rick Hamilton, in Elliott Lake, and that's another, say, hour and 15 minutes, and they still get the 30, 40 people who are trucking, carpooling up there to, to follow their beers. Yeah. I, I think it's fantastic. You know, sometimes you just have to let things take a course. And, uh, you know, since the since the uh, issue of the, the league taking over Madawan and, and putting in a new ownership group, um, you know, they, they do make you question like, okay, well, what about Blind River? What are they going to do there? But it's almost a mirror situation, uh, except the fact that I guess now all the, the bills are caught up, et cetera. Uh, you know, so you, you can't, you can't shit on the league and, and then turn around and expect them to help you. It just doesn't work. Exactly. And then that's where I think they say young owner Bouchamp was, just led down the wrong path with the wrong people, but that's uh, yeah, unfortunate. That's, that's I, like, I mean, I, yeah, I, I like Dave, and you know, he's. I think he was really doing everything he could to make it happen. Um, yep. You know, it may have just been you know too late, I guess. You know, yep. that's that's for them all to sort out. So exactly, and that's like you say, and that's something that uh, unfortunately he's young. Hopefully, they say he bounces back, but at the same time, it depends. It depends who you surround yourself with, too. It certainly does. And I think he chose, um, in my eyes, just unfortunately chose the wrong people to uh, to surround himself with. Like, I used Rob Mazuka and the coaches in the NOJHL, tried to, or owners tried to help him out, but he surrounded himself with some people that just, I think, gave him bad advice. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So, like I say, on the next one, like what we talk about every week, the big thing is a lot of changes is the uh, the Canadian Junior Hockey League Top 20. A lot of big changes uh, happened uh over the last past week and uh, across Canada from PEI to BC, that's for sure. Yes, indeed. Um, let me go back and pull that up again. I had it earlier, actually. I was looking back over it. and uh, Like I say, the, the big one is, like you say, uh, Portage Terriers have been more or less on top since the start of the season go, going into, into week seven, I guess you say, were number one, and they were, unse- uh, like I say, taken over by uh, the Penticton uh, Vs, uh, Vs. So, like you say, it's... Uh, that, to me, that's a huge bump from the RBC Cup uh, host to uh, going dropping down to second. Not a big drop, but again, still a drop in the uh, in standings. Yeah, there's uh, there's some big moves and, and some um, surprising you know, changes. I'm sorry. Surprising changes. Yes, that's a great way to put it because that's what it is. Um, 
I, I, I literally had an email earlier from Wayne Strand. Uh, you know, we, we just kind of communicate back and forth. Uh, great guy. Uh, you know, my son started up there in the preseason and uh, loved it. And, you know, they liked him. He liked them. But, you know, when you're caught as the, uh, you know, an import and in a goalie position, that's just not uh, not very friendly. Yeah. So, uh, but they they stay right on top of things. It's you know, we, he made some moves and he'll never stop making moves until uh, you know he has exactly what he wants to not only win the Dudley but the RBC. That's his goal. Exactly. And uh, exactly. you know, don't stand in his way because he will he will run over you for it. Yeah, and so, that, that's exactly like you say. Just to get before we get to the Lakers, like you say, Carlton Place stayed at three. Right. Uh, Trenton Golden Hawks uh, went from uh, uh, six to fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, Kindersley's Clippers went from eleventh to five. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a huge one. jump. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a huge jump. And then our trusty old, like say the, the Maritime League, is uh, the Woodstock Slammers. They dropped one, but again, coming from a little league down in the in the Maritimes mm-hmm. to to be in the in the top ten is huge. And then, like you say, after that, we got, like say, Spruce Grove Saints. They moved up three in the uh, AJHL. Um, Cougars, uh, like you say, of Sherbrooke in the Quebec League from nine to eight. Camrose, again, they they dropped two. But, again, Camrose, we we always say Camrose and Spruce Grove, Alberta. Where in the hell is that? (laughs) (laughs) So, and... uh, the next one we talk about all the time, and not because, it, like I say, I live in Sault Ste. Marie, but it's the Sioux Thunderbirds. But they were upset. They were upset uh, by Sudbury Nickel Barons the other night, and like we were talking, is they went from eighth to tenth, and Sudbury knocked them off the other night in overtime. And Sudbury's not even ranked in the top yeah. twenty with the five mentionable. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like I say, actually, they were supposed to be, play Blind River next week for the first game home in over a month, but that was canceled because of the Central Canada Cup Challenge. Or not canceled, but postponed. So, right. and then going to the Ontario Junior Hockey League is another big jump. Is the Roar Tigers going from 18th to 11? Yes. Yes. So they have so many big teams. jump as well. And I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how they do all the rankings and ratings on these anyway. You know, sometimes I'm just kind of baffled by it. But uh, when you see a big jump like that, it generally means that they've had a good streak. Uh, and really, you know, made some moves to improve. And, you know, there's people that do that. They they look at these things and they, they judge these things, uh, you know, not just on how you played, uh, but on the moves that you made to, to make yourself better. Yeah, and the, and the next one I say is your friend and buddy. Going from 15 to 12 is uh, Mark LaFleur and Kirkland Lake, the gold miners. I don't know what in the hell he does or how he gets those boys up to Kirkland Lake, but like you say, <laughs> He's doing a hell of a job up there. Yeah, just don't question it. I mean, he just—he's a guy you just hand the reins to and say, "Here you go." Yeah, <laughs> and just—you know—you're not going to have off ice problems. Uh, if there's even an on ice problem, he will move people uh, without, you know, blinking an eye on it because it's what's best for the team and the community, and you know, that's what makes him so damn good. Oh, and he's like you say, he's—I uh, guess say we're up there, like we we talk. Last week in the first show is he's in a small community. Yeah. So those boys are those boys are under the microscope all the time. Mm-hmm. So he he knows if you screw up, he uh, he knows about it. Yeah. You don't go to school, he knows about it. Um and like see he runs like you say it's a junior program, but he he runs a top notch program like a like almost like a professional program. He does. 
He does, and, and of course, right there is another guy that does the same thing in Fort Francis with, with Wayne Strain. He does the exact same thing. They stay at 13, but, you know, he made some moves this week that um, we looked at and obviously talked about, and I, he continues to, to work to make that team better. Oh, exactly, and that's we're going back to a league of five teams in north north uh, western Ontario, mm-hmm. where it's six. Uh, Thunder Bay is about sixteen hours from Toronto mm-hmm. northwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fort Francis is about uh, about eighteen hours northwest. They're closer. They'd be a bit more beneficial to I say play out of the way the Winnipeg Loop, the Manitoba. Yeah, yeah they're only five hours from. Winnipeg. Exactly, exactly. But like you say, they they play. For a five-team loop and to be in the top, uh, like I say, the top 20 across Canada is, is huge. They're doing a great job up there. Uh, and, and they're building upon their championship from last year. And so, you, you know, it's you're talking about a, um, a league that had six teams because the uh, the one team in Wisconsin, the rink closed, and so did the uh, team. But, um, you know, they they definitely have what it takes there to get things done. And, with five teams, there's a top and there's a bottom, and there's you know in between you're going to be scratching and clawing. And I think it's uh, you know Thunder Bay who only has Thunder Bay guys on the team. Yeah, and with no midget program even to, to work with. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what English River, uh, Minnesota Iron Rangers, and of course Fort Francis is leading the pack there. And Dryden. Yeah, yeah, Dryden GMI Stocks. That's correct. Um, yeah. You know they they're all right there. So. Um, yeah, and then like, you talk to Wayne. I, I joke around with some of these coaches. We communicate by text or email about commenting after games and stuff like that. And Wayne, by the time I get to his game, because they're an hour behind from where we are time-wise, um, a lot of times it's one or two in the morning, like you say. He he never sleeps. Yep. And um, when the, the ones he frustrated, I know I get frustrating emails and comments from is when Minnesota Iron Rangers. They they got their number this year so far, and. Uh, <laughs> I think he gets when I say okay, can you comment? He's probably saying, "Jay, screw off! I don't want to comment on the Minnesota game." Uh, it's just for some reason Minnesota doesn't matter home or away. They have won one or two against them, but Minnesota again is another one. Not even not even in the top twenty or the the mentionable. So, like I say, I think they should be up there too. Yeah, I, I had uh, I had heard one coach actually referred to that league as as a glorified junior B league, and I I couldn't help but laugh. Um, it it's just. That's the perception because they're so far out there in Ontario. Uh, you know, they're not seen every day, and you know, they think, oh, well, you know, look at the scores and, you know, look at the players, et cetera. But they are far from a junior B league, very far from it. And I think, and I don't know for sure, but I think a lot of people look at the Maritimes League as the same way, being way out East Coast and everything else. And and, and that's unfortunate where people say, oh, the SIJHL. Well, Minnesota, like the other team, the Wilderness left, and now they're an NA team, and they're they're in the middle of the pack up there. Mm-hmm. They went from the SI, yeah, the SI lost a team, but they went to the NI, and they're doing quite well there. So they are pulling in a lot of talent to to that area. They are, and it's a good place, you know, from all the guys I've sent up that way and and talked to, they all love it. There's not a person I know that's ever said, Coach, what the hell did you send me here for? Uh, you know, they're like, man, I didn't even know this was here. This is great. Uh, you know. Oh, and that's and like your son knows, and you've dealt with him, like say, because your son played preseason with him. Mm-hmm. Is Devin Tappenden from from Burlington? I've talked to Devin and said, going from Burlington because I grew up in that area. Going, 
how do you like it up there being a boy from Southern Ontario and having everything right there all the time? Toronto Maple Leaf game or if mm-hmm. you're into entertainment or whatever, you have everything there. And I said, would you like Fort Francis? He goes, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. My son said the yeah. same thing. It's it had another guy sent there from uh, from Alaska, and he loves it there. So you know, it's just one of those things that it, the community itself is what you embrace. Uh, you know, you can pull into any any town and say, "Gee, I like it or don't like it," just because of what you see. But you know. Mattel, uh, Fort Francis, places like that. That once you poke your head out and get into the community, uh, man, it, it changes everything. It's, it's the, the community is family, and that has its advantages and disadvantages because you know you could go down to the store and get a, a Dr Pepper and a Snickers, and by the time you get home, they're talking about the new car you got. Um, <laughs> you know, but you know that's that's actually kind of neat when it comes down to it because those fans do get behind you. Exactly, and that's like you say. Going out of the next from fourteen to twenty, we have, uh, like you say, we have one, two, three, four, four more communities along the same lines. Like the next is Winkler Flyers in, in Manitoba. Um, they they go from twelfth to fourteenth. Next one we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. They they went up five. Excuse me, Georgetown Raiders. Yeah. And and you think like Georgetown with so many teams in that area. Mm-hmm. Georgetown, I guess, is a suburb now of Toronto. They don't say it, but it is a suburb of Toronto. Um, next one, Coburg Cougars. They went from not even being ranked to 16th. So, and the next one, like say, now you're in that area. Your, your son's going to be playing in that league. Um, like I say, it's the Ottawa Junior A Senators. They went from uh, 18 to 17. Yeah, and you know what? Um, I I had the pleasure of actually watching them when they. Uh, watch. They're not going to think it's it's a, a pleasure, but when they got beat by Canada, um, and you know, here's a a team that is perpetually good every year, and they just got beat by Canada. So it shows that you know the parity of the league actually is there, because uh, you know what's the saying? Any you know every, any given Sunday. Well, in hockey, it's any given day. It's, you know, it's any any given game even. Um, and so, you know, I, I like their operation there. They've got some great guys that run that uh, in Ottawa. But, you know, for them to move up after that, you can darn well expect that they are going to come out hard this weekend. Oh, and that's exactly going back to referring to the loss of Mattawa, right, to Cochrane. Yeah. Is that is it beating Abitibi the next night? It's the same as with Ottawa. Canada took Ottawa in that game and. uh it, it can it can happen, and with that league, great league, a lot of players. You can look at the players that come out of there and have gone NHL. Um, there's so many players in a small area, yes. um, and there's a lot of local boys playing in that. I guess say you want to call them local from Kingston to to Pembroke, um, in that area, playing in that league that are coming out of there. And look at the look at the uh, the NCAA commitments out of that league this year. Right. So it's huge. Uh, the next one I'll let you pronounce because uh, you'll get in trouble if you don't get it right. All right. This is for Liam Flanagan. I heard you. I got your email. It is Picto County Wheats Crushers. I said it was Picto. It is not. It's Picto. So I was corrected in uh, in, in bold letters how to pronounce that. <laughs> T-O-E. So and, and that makes a different – another one from the Maritimes. Not even mentioned. Nope. So – 
So like you say, a huge like you say, a huge jump there. Again, the last two small communities, Steinbeck Pistons out of the MJHL, not like honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one, the Flim Flam Bombers yeah. from uh, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, not even ranked. Yeah, not ranked, but boy, did they put out some darn good players there. Yep, we were talking before. Bobby Clark's from there. He uh, he he played his his his, uh, his, his some hockey there. So right. like you say, it's a uh, if Canadian, if you say a lot of people Flim Flon Manitoba, they know Flim Flon Manitoba just because of the name. Correct. Um, but to have a junior team in Flim Flon, um, I think, I don't know, it's probably been there probably almost as long as I've been alive. Yeah. Just because well, I know Flim Flon hockey. played there. And, uh, you know, the, the Capitals uh, head coach, Washington Capitals head coach, he played there. He also, um, I believe he was drafted directly from there by Washington, oddly enough. So, oh. like you say, I'd love to, hey, it'd be crazy to have him on the show, but I just mean, I'd love to see him here. But, like say, we Barry's been around forever. So, it tells you how long Flim Flon's been there. So Yeah. And then we go yeah. to the honorable mentions. You got, uh, again, another another two BC teams. You got uh, Chilliwack and West Kelowna. I still, to this day, think that the BC players, the, the guys that play in the BC, are more prepared, better prepared as a whole, that league, as a whole, to move players on. Now, the CCHL is quickly catching up to that because they're moving a lot of players to colleges. Uh, but the BC League has always been, you know, if a guy played in BC, he's probably ready to play right now. Oh, and that's and that's exactly like Chilliwack. We were talking last week, Jason Tatamarack. Uh-huh. He'll get mad. Tamarack, I think it is. And in Chilliwack, like say rookie coach this year and uh, doing a hell of a job. Again, the same as West Kelowna, two mm-hmm. two smaller community teams, and the same as Pe- uh, Brooks Bandits, mm-hmm. um, another small community. So, like you say, it's the three teams honorable mention that are uh, small communities, but uh, doing a hell of a job. Yep, entirely. And then of course and you've got the, what three AJ teams also in the honorable mention. Yep, like well, we talked about before, Drumhiller, Alberta. Mm. Where in the hell is? I'm gonna next for next week. Look exactly on the map where Drumhiller. I don't know, but I love their logo. Oh, the dragons! Yeah. It's, it's marketing alone is mm-hmm. uh, in merchandise. I think everybody in Drumhiller, because of the logo, is probably wearing a wearing something with a dragon logo on just because of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, it, yeah. in uh, Brockville, everybody around there wears a Blackhawk, something Blackhawks. Yep. Uh, you know, anywhere in that community, you see somebody with something Blackhawks on. You think it was Little Chicago. Yeah, and like you say, nothing wrong with that. It, all it does is help the program. Right? Correct. Correct. And they have a heck yeah. of a program there. Some good people. Yeah. So, like you say, for the for the top twenty, or I say top twenty plus the five, so the top twenty-five in Canada right now, it's it's always open game of, like you say, moving around. But it's out of one hundred twenty-nine teams and getting honorable, honorable mention. Um, or top twenty is huge. Right. Yeah. And I know, and, I know, ISS, the you know International Scouting Service, has a lot to do with the CJHL's ranking. So you know they have their own system and uh, uh, algorithm, I guess, that they use to to make the changes. But I know some of that is is actually done on on a speculation because a top player has moved or signed or gone away. From a team, so you know they take all those things into consideration, and it, you know NHL nowadays, you can't. I, I don't think there's any teams that don't have a statistician anymore. 
I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's you know so ingrained. Well, and then I use and I say, I hate to refer because I'm not a Toronto fan, but being from Sault Ste. Marie and making a big stink in the last couple months, and I don't mean a big stink, but as the Sioux Greyhounds former general manager Kyle Dubas, 28 years old. He he started as a water boy in the Greyhounds locker room when he was a teenager, mm-hmm. and um, made making a not a big stink, but making a a lot public with uh, being the analytics now. And um, I was actually talking to Jamie Henderson, who's the assistant GM with the Thunderbirds, and he's trying to learn analytics just for Junior A because trying to help, like you say, the team. It's not always you don't always. And I go back to the back to the. The, the 90s New York Rangers, they had 18 superstars on the team. <laughs> when they went in 94, when we they went with blue-collar players, they won the Stanley Cup with Messi there. So I think, like you say, the stats and the analytics now is, is what's changing the game big time. It has, and, and you know, what a great way to do that, starting at, uh, you know, starting at this level with juniors. And... To me, that just means that you can actually have more jobs available for guys that want to get their business degree and work in hockey. You know, what a great way to kind of help facilitate that. And, you know, not everybody can be a GM or an assistant GM, but now you've opened up a whole, you know, new area of of, uh, of bean counters. And that's that's to strive for. You You can work in the NHL just because you're good at math now. Oh, and then I go. I go back, and again, we could do another whole show on analytics. But I, I think you get some. There's only a couple of older. I guess if you want to say older coaches in the league, and um, is uh, like you say Quinville or Carlisle or some of those guys who are a little bit older. And um, are they are they going to adapt to like you say the analytics, saying okay, yeah, we have this player and this player, but they shouldn't be playing together because they don't really match up in stats. Well, mm. to me, it can still work. It can still work in the CHL or the, or, or the junior, like say um, junior A level, because I use here for the Greyhounds, for instance. Three years ago, the Greyhounds were low to mid pack, and because of his analytics, Dubas took him to. to uh, like you say, it's the number one spot last year. So I think it can work in junior A um, or really triple A midget right all the way up. Mm-hmm. It, and, it uh, yeah, and like you say, now when you're building your roster, it's not just now, okay, I use somebody, I use your son who's an 18-year goalie. You build from the goalie and you build up. It's not always you're going to say, okay, I'm going to take superstar, superstar, superstar. <laughs> I, I might take, a, like you say, a young player here. And then put him with a, somebody who has the experience, has the stats, and where the stats match up, it produces better on the ice, right? Right. right. Well, I mean, it, years ago you didn't uh, you didn't find sports psychologists anywhere around a rink either, um, mm-hmm. and basically the coach or the GM was you know the the person that did all the personality matching. Exactly. And, uh, you know now there's two or three of them per team. Yeah. And that's where I use like junior A. There's not not money there or anything like the Oakland A's. But we we thank Brad Pitt for like say Hollywood, but for Moneyball. And that's where I brought analytics to the to the uh, to the forefront. Him and Jonah Hill brought it to the forefront where the public who don't really didn't know anything about it start to understand. Okay, it's not just just teaching. Like you say, it's just not it's numbers now. So it doesn't have to be just uh, you got a superstar scoring goals. Right. 
you're building your roster on what well, what's produced better. I'm I'm not going to obviously pick on the Maple Leafs because they they've had enough of a rough time. Um, but they're they're essentially a team that really loaded up on on a high level of talent and ability, um, and then it just didn't work out. It yep. was just too much, and it it really drained their own program, their own development. And um, so I think that's why it's been almost a constant rebuild to some extent because they, they say, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going to spend all our money on these top guys and you're going to get, you know, eight to 10 guys that are, you know, top players on every other team. And all of a sudden nobody's got the puck. Um, so you, know, you, you can, you can rely too heavily on those guys. Uh, that are at the top of their game, and they just don't work well, you know, chemically or chemistry-wise with with others. Well, and that's exactly, and I don't want to curse, say, Mattawa or Blind River, but we'll, like, say, I'll compare them to to, to Toronto, where they're starting to bring in new staff or new Mm -hmm. owners, where Toronto has brought in Dubas for the analytics and Shanahan, and the two of them have, I don't want to say, said, okay, here's the control. Hold on, they brought in Mark Hunter as well. Mark Hunter too last week, so they're looking they're looking to change the front. So I use the word Blind River, like I say, brought in um, like I say, a new new uh, president and Don took over as GM in Mattawa, like I say Aldonan and his people in Mattawa, mm-hmm. and they're they're looking. And the prime example there is Mattawa, when they brought in Shanahan and Hunter and Dubis, didn't get rid of Carlisle. It's like Aldonan, he he didn't get rid of Corbier, so. But they're looking; they're willing to make changes, trying to make it better. Yeah, and uh, I think it's a, a big thumbs up, actually. That you know, Mark Hunter, of course, he had a, a, a fantastic NHL career and a fantastic junior career in, in management and coaching. Um, and they're always on the team, no matter what. Yeah, and and he, for him to literally come directly from juniors and with the London Knights there to. You know, directly to the NHL and the capacity he's there in. It's not a surprise to me that he's, I mean, it, it almost, when it was announced, I was like, well, shit, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, you want, you want to get your success and you want to have somebody that knows how to do it and you've got a young team. Guess what? That's probably the right guy to bring in. Oh, and that, so, that's exactly, that, we can talk NHL for hours, but with, like you say, Shanahan, he likes to win. He's he's a grinder, hard nosed hockey player, um, but at the same time, Toronto doesn't have to win a game to put people in the seats or sell merchandise. But Shanahan and Hunter have that they say that reputation of when they played or coached or they uh, they want to put a winning team on the ice. Well, and and the Hunters in London have consistently done that. And probably making, I don't know, I'm not their accountant, but probably making five, eight million dollars a year off that team. Yeah. Like you say, I, I might be going a little high, but they're doing, they're doing well there when you're, like I say, it doesn't matter what team you're playing, they're putting six to nine thousand people in the, in Budweiser Center. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. like you say, it's, they've been doing, they've been doing something right for a while. Yep. Exactly. But I go back, it, it trickles down. I use, we'll use London as an example is London has the, the the major junior A team, mm-hmm. then they have then like I say they have they have the the junior A team, and then they have the AAA program that goes right from uh, Pee Wee and up, 
and it's a feeder system with London Knights all the way through. And I use you. You have your Max Domies, and you have those guys going the system all the way through. So their junior program, junior A program, filters filters right down to uh, filters right down to Peewee and benefits the London Knights uh, major junior A team too. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I'm just I'm really happy that they're starting to pull people from the juniors uh, more directly uh, than they are just kind of retreading people. That makes much sense. Uh, yep. You know, you, you can you can only Brian Burke it so many times. Uh, exactly. You know, he, he ended up getting the reputation of Brian broke it. Um, you know, but he's he's moved around. He's had some success where he's gone, and had some some falls just like anybody else. But uh, you know, you can always know that somebody like him or, or even a Jake Feaster. Uh, you know, some of these guys that have been around the game for a while, they are turning up somewhere else. Now we're, start, now we're starting to see these junior guys come up and imad- immediately make an impact, uh, not just in marketing, but, you know, analytics and, and uh, general manager and, and development, et cetera. And that really has a, a – to me, that brings to the forefront the fact that the NHL can directly um, – directly uh, – what's the word I'm looking for here? The, you know, where the – Benefit? Yeah, benefit. I apologize. Uh, you know, where they can benefit from uh, the junior teams and how well they do. Well, and that's exactly it. And that's going back to we've talked before, and I use here because I not work closely with them, but as Kevin Kane with the Thunderbirds. is I talked to J- Jamie Henderson, who's been around Junior A before, um, learning from Kevin. And what, what he, he's, he's learning from Kevin, and like I said to you the other day, is Kevin's going to kill me. It seems like he's been around for 100 years in junior A. I know Kevin's only in his 40s, but like you say, with his experience, that's what it seems like in his reputation. He knows it, and he's – he's. I don't mean he's grooming Jamie, but Jamie's learning so much from him at, at that level that, that I use it. It's like Don Gagnon and, and, and Blind River mm-hmm. um, learn, learning there, and it's, it's the same as I use Nathan Hewitt doing a hell of a job coming from Cumberland grads in the CCHL. Um, as of last night, being an expansion team in the NLJHL, and he's 12 and 4. <laughs> wow. So, and they they actually last night upset the Cock and Crunch in overtime. Did they really? <laughs> yeah. So, like you say, I he's in, doing a hell of a job. Ball watching the, watching the game there. So yeah, so they so they they have like you say the younger guys are coming up where like you use you have a few young older guys coaching, but the younger guys are. Uh, are proving that a different style of game is changing the, the, the way the game's played today. It certainly is. And it, it all starts with the juniors, in my opinion, because that's when, when you get into juniors, it starts to become the business. Uh, up until then, it's the politics. You know, yep. <laughs> with youth hockey, it's the politics. Uh, you know, who screams the loudest, et cetera. And that's um, why I say I, I've coached for years in lacrosse and hockey, and I actually stood last night in my son plays high school hockey at White Pines in Sault Ste. Marie, and, and my parents says, Jay, do you miss coaching? And I said, no. And I said, don't get me wrong. I like everybody, but I can't handle uh, I can't handle sports parents anymore. I shouldn't put them all in one group, but it, like you say, that's where it's at. It's the politics and in, in, in below, like you say, the, uh, the the midget age and that. It's, it's the politics. When you get to junior, like you say, they were, they're trying to develop players, but it's a business now. It is. And that, that takes some adjustment for everybody. 
Um, you know, uh, somebody asked me before if I miss coaching. Of course I miss coaching, but I, I do not miss the parents. Coaching. Yep. <laughs> if it wasn't for the parents, the kids would be there, of course, but – but yeah, it's drop them off and come back and watch the game. I, I like them to be part of things, and and I've been fortunate in some places to have some really good parents um, that are not like some of the others. I guess you could say, you know, the the overbearing, uh, tyrannical ones. But that's the same as owners. Yeah, ninety nine point nine percent of owners and parents are are doing it to benefit the child or the player. Right. But you, the odd one out there. That doing it for their own their own reasons, and that's what that those are the ones that me and you are complaining about. Is it makes it hard as a coach um, to to deal with, right? It, it does. Uh, you know, even in the junior level, though, I I've had uh, I've had a couple teams where the the owners have uh, have had kids on the team, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't, and I'd say more times it doesn't. But yeah. And, and I go back, and we could talk again about the situation in Sudbury in the OHL, about, they like, say, Burgess, some playing. Um, and in my defense, and like I say, being devil's advocate, mm-hmm. um, not saying Connor should have been there or shouldn't have been there, should not have been there, but when it comes down to it, too goddamn bad to a point sometimes. I know it's a pain in the ass, but when a junior A hockey or OHL hockey, that means you're always making a profit. Mm-hmm. If I'm paying the goddamn bills... It's my choice. I'm not saying I know as a coach it's hard or as a player. Well, you know as a coach going into that situation. Yep. And and Fexter knew, knew it this year. And I'm not saying Connor, Connor decided to hang them up and he's going to school and I'm using him as a situation. But coming down to as a father or as parents and you're pumping money into it, even more junior A than, mm-hmm. than yeah. major junior A. But to a point that some people might not like it, but hey, going into the situation, if I'm picking up the goddamn bill and I want my son to play, I'm sorry. Sometimes I know it's hard as a coach. It is. It is. You know what? I've 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 had everything from getting texts during a game from the mother telling me that I needed to play. You know, whoever, uh, and and I'd be like, "Are you kidding me? Like, you know, that's just bad timing." You know, yeah. I'm. You know, if I haven't, if you haven't been skating, it's the same rule for everybody. It's known from again. If you haven't practiced all week, don't expect to play a lot. Be- exactly. Because we've we've gone over other things. And, you know, it, it's just, uh, you know, if they want to have it, I think that's great. But, you know, not when you're in a a pay-to-play league and the rest of the guys are all paying and putting things in so that, uh, let's just say, little Johnny can come through and not ever do anything or show up or ride the bus. He can always drive, you know, when everyone else has to ride, et cetera. You're creating a monster that, as a coach, makes it very difficult uh, in a locker room and on the on the bench and on the ice because the other kids have absolutely no respect at that point for anything. And, you know, they feel, and parents do rightfully so, why am I paying now for that kid to not show up but yet get big ice time? It doesn't make any sense. Now, when you get exactly. to Major Junior, you're talking about a whole different kettle of fish here. When, when Paul Fixter went in there, he knew what the writing on the wall was. And yep. he knows the bottom line at the end of the day is I got a job to do. I'm going to do it. And he, you know, he did lash out a little bit and rightfully so, to be honest with you, you can only beat that horse so many times before it's dead. You know? Oh, 
And that's and that's going back to what happened. It happened in Sault Ste. Marie. Mm-hmm. But when, you, when you're on a losing streak, and I I know the 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 gentleman from the media personally. Um, to me, as like a junior hockey network, and I'm not talking bad about Peter. But the th- thing is, is uh, when you catch a, a coach on a bad game afterwards and on a losing streak, um, sometimes you're going to take that beating. And some people say, oh, he got he they fined him seventy five hundred dollars. To me. It, it it goes both ways. Yeah, Peter Peter knows he 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 like I say got a little heated too. But as a coach, put anybody in a pressure cooker and say, okay, now give me a comment afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Well. So, yeah. And so to me that, that that to me that that that's huge. So I, it can. I, I made it a habit to always turn that away, and when there was a loss, uh, I was the slap shot. I got a lot of losses. Um, <laughs> But yeah. when you have losses, that's the coach that needs to be talking. When you have wins, the players need to be talking. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the way that should be, in my opinion. I don't think that should ever change. But, you know, the players the players really do put a lot in, and it's a long season. Uh, and it's it's emotional in a lot of ways because a lot of these guys, it's their first time away from home. Uh, you know, they've or they've just been, you know, on every team that's – you know, their parents have ever owned yeah. and that, you know, it does wear on them. And uh, so to have the the ability to just kind of, you know, let the media know that they got to just chill out a little bit. Not everybody's, you know, like John Tortorella, you know, exactly. they, they walk into absolutely every, uh, you know, media and, and directly, you know, stand in a defensive way against them and like to lash out at them. Well, if if I ever decide, to, I, I'm, I'm like say I'm, I'm helping Sioux College and coaching Sioux mm-hmm. College where they're they're a club team. But like I say, if I ever got back into coaching, like you say, two three games a week and everything else, where mm-hmm. now it's like you say it's just once or twice a week or whatever, and, and that I'd be Daryl Sutter. <laughs> yes, no, sir. Yeah, it was a great case. Thank you very much. And you're never, you're never going to get in trouble, right? We have an absolute blast in our house. Just. It, I think they should key in on him absolutely every game and just – I would love – because he comes up with some things, uh, just gets you in, in stitches, and he has no expression. No, he'll sit there and he'll – you'll all you'll say to you, I'll say, Coach Sterling, what do you think about that play? And anything else, he'll look at him and go, were you watching the game? <laughs> That's all he'll say. <laughs> like, I think if every coach did that, then no one would ever be in trouble. Yeah, he's – and, and, you know, they, they had an interview with his players. Um, they did a piece on the players, you know, saying, well, what would, what would Coach Sutter say here? And uh, Dustin Brown's like, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> because that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's just, you don't know. You know nope. Players come out and poke their head around to see, you know, he's in the press room just to, just to get a laugh. Exactly. Oh, and like you say, I just I actually just received an, an, an email um, from the owner of, um, Madawa Aldonan. Mm-hmm. Um, just give it out there to the naysayers, the people who say people in the NOJHL have their own self-serving agendas. He he stated nothing has changed in Madawa, and we continue to focus on the team and repairing the damage caused within the community of Madawa. Mm-hmm. The people of Madawa are simply amazing, and which makes our job easier. The noise created by people focused on destruction of this organization has and will continue to fall on deaf ears. Like I agree with them totally. Where it's def- people going back to trying to cause problems. Sometimes I think 
worry about the problems in your own backyard and not worry about what's going on in someone else's uh someone else's yard. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, Alan's no stranger to this. He's you know, he knows what he wants to do and what direction he wants to go and that's what he'll do. Yeah, and that's in the people of Mattawa and like I said, I haven't talked to the people of Mattawa personally, but like we we talked about this morning, not during the show, about yeah. on how Mattawa is and as like I say, I people tell me I gotta go down there in January and February and freeze my ass off and see what it's like in minus forty to to watch a junior hockey game. Mm. All I have to do with that is go into some places in Michigan with the hundred old hundred year old arenas, but <laughs> like I say to go down to Mattawa and in the middle of January and February, and then he, he's willing to do it, and the people are supporting it 100%. Yeah, I, I, he clearly didn't go in there, you know, all guns ablaze, and he went in there and said, okay, we've got to establish this as a, as a legitimate business, uh, you know, model, and we can't we can't have people doing things by, you know, flying by the seat of their pants. There's there's a way he wants it done, and he'll get it done that way. Oh, and that's and what they the like, coaching, and Aaron's no stranger to... Aaron Corbier, he's been around again. I, I say he's learned a lot from his father. who has been around junior hockey and midget hockey for over—I don't want to date his dad, but probably twenty, thirty years. <laughs> so Aaron was born, and I, I tell people I wasn't. Some people were born with silver spoons in their mouth. So I was born with a hockey stick and hockey gloves in my hand. Yeah. So I think Aaron was the same way as he's been around long enough that, like I say, he he knows what's going on, and like I say, he's gonna, he's probably going to learn a lot from Al. Um, without being around, yeah. Um, and, and there's growing pains, but the people in Mattawa are looking to stand behind it because on a Friday, Saturday night, or Sunday afternoon, what in the hell, in the hell is there to do in Mattawa, Ontario? Uh, bingo. Yep. Well, Ski Hill's opening this year, oh, yeah. so that's great for Mattawa. But like you say, bingo yeah. is uh, go to the Legion and have uh, play bingo. Yeah, two ski hills. So. Yep. Yep. So. So. It, like you say, it's it's something that something to do, but uh, again, it's something that's going to turn around. But just want to let people know that, like you say, Mattawa's not going anywhere. And um, if anywhere, um, if you ask Al or Aaron, the the only place they want to go is uh, up in the standings, right? That's correct. I just uh, sent Aaron a, uh, the old attaboy, uh, you know, email today and just check on him because he's such a great guy. My son absolutely loves him too. Uh, you know, he's he knows the game. He's been around it, and uh, so you know, it, it comes off. He's got a love for the game he shares. And I th- and I think with because of only happening in the last two weeks, it's something that it's going to take time to change. And they're not making any player movements right now because I think they're just trying to get things straightened out and ironed out <clears throat> about what's going on. And uh, like I say, between now and mid January, when the deadline comes around. I think it's going to be uh, a team that, like you say, is uh, going to be to a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, because if, 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 if you talk to any of the, the coaches uh, or GMs in the league, when they go, like, the first while, the first 10 games, they're like, oh, Mattawa, they're losing, uh, they're getting beaten out every game. Now when they go into Mattawa's barn, yeah, they're losing games, but it's it's 6-4, 5-3, 5-4, is, it's not games that were, they were getting blown out on the on the road for the first 10 games. Right, right. I mean, there's, there's going to be the odd one that that's a bit lopsided, but that's just to be, you know, part of the getting things in order. Yeah, and it's just the same as, you don't know, like this this weekend you have the 8th-ranked Thunderbirds going on a northern tour of Iroquois Falls, um, Kirkland Lake, and um, Cochrane. So you don't know what could happen up there. You could go up and Thunderbirds could blow every one of them out, 
or in return, Abba Tibby, that's like you say, struggling a little bit this year, could go turn around and uh, be the Thunderbirds. You don't you don't know when you're going into any any burn. That's correct. Uh, let's talk a minute, if you don't mind, about uh, Blind River. We we've, we've talked privately, obviously, about you know what our thoughts are, uh, but I think it's good to to kind of get those thoughts out there a bit and and reassure people that um, it's not all doom and despair and uh, you know, blazing of the the ground or anything like that. There's actually a hockey team there. There's going to be a hockey team there for a while. They're not interested in switching leagues. They're not interested in doing, uh, you know, anything off the wall. They've actually changed the president. They've changed the general manager, tried to streamline things to get it back on track. And, And Blind River's not that far off when it comes to those things. They probably need a couple of key pieces but it's tough to do when you, you know, you're, you're asking someone to, you know, make chicken salad out of chicken shit. It's going to taste awful no matter what it looks like. And they're, they're basically taking the ingredients and actually putting a real salad together now. Exactly. And I go back to knowing, I know more Don Daniel, who's like, say, is taking over for Warren as, as a GM. So he's, he's doing head coach hockey operations and a general manager position. And a lot of people don't like Don because he's old school. He's like me and you, where if if, if you don't like it, that's the way it is. Yeah. And that comes down to, like I say, uh, hockey is, like I say, it gives, and I don't want, how do I, I'm just going to say it, parents, some parents and some players are, are spoiled. Yeah. Where, oh, my son's not going to Blind River because he's got to live in a town of 3,500 people. Um, he's, he, I don't want him there. It's, it's a small community. To me, I'd rather have my son in a small community compared to a big city sometimes because of the, the amount of hockey they're going to get or looking after their schooling. Um, yeah, Blind River's not going anywhere. There's going to be some changes, um, some growing pains, but Blind River, I, I go back two ways. Blind River almost, like I say, almost beat the Thunderbirds at the start of the season this year. Um, they took a game in the playoffs against them last year. I think Don's uh, got a hell of a job ahead of him, but I, I think uh, things are going to change in, in Blind River. And they, they're not leaving the NOJHL. Blind River, the, the, the town of Blind River would never allow it. Yeah, I, I, you know what? They're a lot like the town of Mattawa, uh, you know, in, in that aspect. It's a community team, and it's important for the community to have the team there uh, because that is one of the primary entertainment and distractions on the weekend is getting to a game. And once they're winning more games, obviously the, the, the crowds will increase again. But until that changes, you know, you, there's, there's that growth period you're going to have to go through where you look up and you actually can see each face that's in the crowd. Uh, yep. you know, they're down to, I think, an average of about 250 to 300 a game, something around there, yep. uh, which I know some communities would be absolutely in heaven to have that so you know when they say oh you know blind rivers attendance is down okay yeah i'm sorry it's not a thousand a game right now but uh you know they've been doing poorly and they're still getting 250 300 a game that's a community team oh and that's going back to as some like say if somebody's listening from southern ontario or bc or maritimes or north and they're like, where's Blind River? Honestly, we joke around as kids, like, don't blink, you'll miss it. Yeah. Or Blind River, and I'm just going off the top of my head, maybe town-wise is 5K long as you're driving through. But it does have a Tim Hortons. Yeah. 
It has a Kentucky Fried Chicken. So it has a few motels. So like you say, it's a, it's a small atmosphere community. But one or two kids that I have actually talked to and the one from the Sioux who plays down there, they like it. And I, I think sometimes, again, Donnie's doing a great job, new president. Sometimes let the kids market the when – when uh, I used to say your son being from Florida would be interested in going to Blind River. Where let the kids mar- talk to the kids. Yeah. And tell them the experience because I go back – Kids are the best salespeople out there, no matter if it's hockey or anything else, because as parents, when we say, no, you can't have those shoes, they walk out with those shoes. <laughs> they work it. So, so sometimes let the players be the, the salespeople of, of, of the organization. Mm-hmm. And they, they, will, they will sell. Blind River, like I'm going back to when, um, when Manitoulin, Manitoulin Islanders, Reggie Leach coached the team in Manitoulin. Mm-hmm. I said to Reggie, hell in the hell do you get players here other than your name, Reggie? He goes, we sell the product. We sell the, 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 to the families, like, what the kids are going to get. Right. And I think that's what Don's, Don's starting to do. Well, and, and I wasn't even aware they'd made a change, as I told you yesterday. I wasn't even aware that they'd made the change in the general manager and the president. No, he, he, I contacted him last night, and he got a hold of me personally and told me that uh, it was just they decided it was time for a change, and uh, he, he stepped away. Yeah. I, I always, you know, hate to hear anybody not being involved, but sometimes it's for the better. And, uh, you know, that, that change of pace and change of face can help. And Don's got a, a long history of uh, of coaching and success in, in developing players. So, you know, he's everything I've seen and, and heard about how he does things is straight across the board, almost like, you know, Wayne over in Fort Francis, just – you know, here it is. This, you're going to develop whether you intend to or not. You're either going to develop or you're going to get out. Yeah, and I, I use, for people who don't know, again, I like Don's philosophy in the way he is. I, I compare him to probably like when it comes to a Mike Keenan. Yeah. Um, um, I wouldn't compare him to a Tortorella, <laughs> but Mike Keenan, I or Mike Keenan where he's there to develop the kids. He's a little bit more old school, mm-hmm. but he's got success behind him. Yeah. And, and 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 that's the biggest thing. He's also coaching in the uh, uh, what is he in the central their all star game. He's the he's the, the 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 Central Canada yes Challenge Cup. He's the assistant coach with uh, Jordan Smith for the team Mano JHL. Yeah. So something like you say, Don's been around for years, but it shows something for his experience and. Uh, that, that that's happening actually next week uh, in um, at the Mastercard Center in Toronto. Yeah, and and again, you go back to you know, there's two very experienced, very good coaches. Exactly. Yeah. And the, and you got a hell of a team put together again. Getting on that subject for uh, Team NOJHL, Thunderbirds have six players alone. Mm-hmm. I, they have they have the most. Um, but you have you have players from uh, every team in the league. Um, unfortunately, the only one I think that is not represented this year is um, is Mattawa. Yeah, and that's because they they were doing all those changes then. Yeah, so it's something it's going to come. And then, like I said, I think next year you're going to see at least one player from each team. Um, but I use with with the coaching staff. You have Jordan Smith as the coach, Don as an assistant. You have um, the, the training staff from two different teams. And you have Kevin Kane, who's I think Kevin's going to kill me for this. Been a, been around hockey for a hundred years, 
Um, and he's probably going to kill me on that comment. He but he's got he's at least got a hundred years experience when it comes to knowing what he's talking about in junior hockey. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's 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 sharp. You don't he doesn't miss anything. Yeah, and uh, and that's the thing because he's been and I, I say to him every so often, when are you going to give it up? When are you going to give it up? And he says this next year, next year. This is my last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin Kevin's not going anywhere. And he shouldn't, to be honest with you. Yeah, like you say, he's he's like you say he's he's been with the Thunderbirds for years. He's he's given some of the responsibilities to Jamie Henderson, who's who's been around uh, junior hockey before and uh, has come back. And um, Jamie, I've talked to Jamie. Jamie says he's learning a lot from uh, from Kevin. Right. So it's uh, it's something that the team mental JHL with experience, um, like you say, is going to probably do well with this Central Canada Cup. On the other hand, we have like another Siouxite involved with Jason Forche, who's been around junior for years. He's coaching one of the teams uh, in it also. And he again going back to to the boast of Saint Marie is another Sault Saint Marie boy uh, involved in the involved in that uh, that mini tournament. Yeah. And he and like I say, he's he's coaching the the Patriots that uh, that went out west also. Yeah. So so it's it's a good and then going back to another one is CJHL. The prospect games are going to be in the OJ this year with Oakville mm. in January. That would be fun. Yeah, so uh, it's something that one there I've already told my wife I'm going down to. Right. It's an eight-hour trip, but it's something that to have all the best players uh, in Canada that uh, from the CJHL in one location. Uh, it's something I I need to be at and I want to be at just to, to, to watch uh, the prospect game. Well, I hope to be sitting in the seat next to you. So... Instead of sitting, instead of sitting in the sun at home. Yeah, actually, uh, as much as I hate to say that at times, yeah, yeah. So is your is your is your wife a hockey widow from September to April? <laughs> she knows she was getting into when she married me. <laughs> <laughs> I, we've spent maybe three three anniversaries together. Um, you know, I mean, I've always been there for the kids and always there for her, but it just seems that. Um, once hockey season starts, you know she she knows where I'm going before I do. <laughs> so, and I, and I always like I, I say it's like two ships passing the night with me and my wife. We we get together for so many hours, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But after we're together for so long, yeah. what do we do now? Don't you have a place to go? Exactly, and for her, probably when you come home to Florida, it's like okay. After I have some friends with living here and everything else, they work out west. They come home for two weeks at a time and go back and. The wife's going, oh, you're leaving Friday? Oh, it's Wednesday. It's almost time. Yeah. Just because you get so used to not being together, <laughs> you, you you enjoy the time that you do have together, right? Well, I was a player coach when, when we met, so I was always on the road, and uh, that's just always kind of been that way. You know, even when I was up in Anchorage, you know, we'd take two weeks, three-week trips when we'd have to do the, you know, what we called the Southern Tour. Which was just awful, leaving Anchorage and having to go to San Diego and Long Beach. And, you know, it was horrible. In the, middle, in the middle of January. Yeah. Gosh, I, I really despise that trip. Not. <laughs> exactly. And that's, and, that, and that's going back to the, the, the hockey life. Yeah. And it, it's something, again, we know why, or we say we know why we do it. And it's something our, our wives, like I say, for me, it's a little bit different, but for me, it's sitting on the computer all the time. But going back to the advantage of technology today, mm-hmm. is like we're doing now with Skype and uh, everything else, is you can see each other. It's not the same as being in person, but at least you can see each other right. and uh, talk to each other face-to-face through uh, technology, right? 
Yeah, unfortunately, I, I only use mine actually to watch hockey. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I go and, so I can get on the computer and watch hockey. Um. <laughs> well, and that's exactly like if you, if you see my setup here, the, 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 say the office for Junior Hockey Network yeah. and SwissSports.com. Is I have I'm sitting in front of a monitor now with a camera in my face and a mic in my face, but I also have two monitors. And my wife says, "Why do you operate with three monitors?" I say, "Well, one's for work, mm-hmm. the other one's for work because all I do, is, I said, nothing else goes on there but hockey." Right. And then the, then the third one is for uh, to watch uh, like the TSN primetime sports to listen talking about pro hockey. You're watching Springer, aren't you? Exactly. <laughs> so so mine, she goes three of them. I said, "It's all work, all the time." So it's, uh, it's she'll come to me in the middle of the night and say, I'm going to bed now. She goes, what are you doing? She doesn't have to look because it's hockey. Yeah. 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 So so she knows. But, again, Oddly, to me, yeah, it's a job, but it's not a job. My daughter's like that. If she sees I'm watching hockey, she sits right next to me. I, she, <laughs> I mean, she likes to watch it, too. So Now, being 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 from Florida, I'm saying, how old is your daughter? My daughter's 12. 12 teams is what I call it, 12 teams. Does, does, does she play hockey down in Florida? Uh, no, she doesn't. She doesn't. She's She's been on the ice before, obviously, but uh, we're not from Florida. We just have to go there when, you know, the doctor said, you're done working, yep. you know, with the, with the heart issues and things. And so we thought, well, we're going to do that then. So she loves it. Like, like my wife called me this morning and said, hey, uh, the oranges are turning now. So, you know, we, you just walk up back, grab an orange, and, so, so where were you based? Where was yourself, and where did you start? It, uh, like, say, international elite sports group out of then? We started it down there because, yep. you know, just my activities I could do, as you said, via internet, and and setting things up on the internet, and you know, I can I can watch so many games, I can watch so many players, uh, which is a technology we didn't have years ago when I was, you know, scouting for the for the coast teams and things. It was. You had to go there to watch them. Now you can pretty much get just about anything on the internet. Uh, nothing quite like getting there to talk to the to the people, but it's still you know you can get a good read on things. Well, and for for yourself, where you're placing players, like you say, up in Fort Francis, and realistically, Fort Francis, I'm using hypothetically from here is 24 hours to Florida, so we're looking about 40 hours to Fort Francis by the time you get there, almost. Yep. So the advantages. And to, to say is FastHockey.com is doing an amazing job. Yeah. And you can turn on Fast Hockey, and I'm going off the top of my head, $25 a month and watch 10 to 15 games a night. Yeah. Like I say, to, to, to keep in touch with the players other than t- talking to them on the phone, you can watch their progress now. You can watch every player that you're, you're working with, no matter where they are right now with Fast Hockey in North America. That's, that's very true. And, and it really is noticeable when teams do not keep up with their own website, that's a pet peeve of mine, uh, is when they, if they have basic information that you can put on after every game, just the write-up. And there's some teams that just don't do that. And I wish they would just let Junior Hockey Network take, take that and say, weekly, this is what we'll be able to do for you. Uh, because they're not getting the information out that they need to all the time for the advertising and they forget that the advertising and marketing they do for themselves is also the advertising and marketing they do for their sponsors. Oh, and, exactly. And, you know, that's that's how that is. And you've got to be a good steward of, of your programs. And I think that's just 
it's just my little pet peeve. There's a few teams out there that just do not write up their uh, their stuff and update their computers properly. Oh, and, that, and that's it's going back as I use now. I in the league I use the, the Ontario Junior Hockey League. Um, I get all their press releases. I get the NOJHLs, um, Superior International. A lot of them have. Um, what do you call it? Mirror programs, where if you're part of you're part of the NOJHL or Superior National League, as soon as as soon as that article is done with the league, it's put on the site, and the site the the leagues are doing an amazing job, but the teams aren't putting it onto their site. Um, but for us, with when they come and partner with us, yes, like I go back to like five BC players didn't know what the NOJHL was. And five, three out of the five ended up coming here because they're using our site, not to boast, but they found it. It was an extension of the NOJHL's website. And, and like say, Rob and his people are doing an amazing job, um, with the NOJHL. Um, but it's just, it, it, they, they, Rob tells me they use it as an extension to get it out to, for us right now, I think as of yesterday, 3.3 million people seeing, seeing the site. So it's just, you when you market a program and I use if I pick five teams as a parent or your son who's 18 saw looking at teams and you can go okay I can go on um, Merrifford Mustangs in the in the Superior Junior Hockey League where most people don't know where it is and their site's up to date and everything else it's huge because me as a player going okay maybe I'll maybe I'll go and try out there mm-hmm. but you go to another site and where games haven't been updated since September. You're thinking, okay, how's what's going on? Right, and it, again, that's one of, like I said, it's one of my pet peeves. Um, yeah. Now the the CCHL where we are, I'd, I'd like to see some of the teams get on board with you for sure, um, because I I really think that they gain a larger audience that way. Uh, you know, and it especially helps with their marketing, not just of their product, but when they go to play in the Dudley Hewitt when they go to play in the RBC, if there's something linked to a team that's in the area where it's being hosted, it really brings everything together. And that's where, you know, that's why you did that. It's called Junior Hockey Network. If you don't network, you're not getting full use of, of everything that's available for you. When I, and I go back to CCHL, again, um, Kevin Abrams doing an amazing job as president down there. And like you said last week, there's so many teams in so little of an area, mm-hmm. even though it's, it, it, it's spread out a little bit. But in the, they're probably, for that league, it's so many teams in that little area compared to the 129 teams across Canada, where they, as, as a hockey player like your son, um, skating with one of the teams down there right now, is as, as a hockey player, where do I choose to play? <laughs> where do I cho- choose to try out? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something that, like I say, that's with marketing. It's is marketing the product that's on the ice. Like, do do they go to? I use like somebody with Pembroke with a long history, um, or do I go to Canada that's losing a little bit, but I'm gonna get a lot of ice time? Or Carlton Place? They they played at the uh, the RBC Cup last year. They got so much to choose from. Is that 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 marketing tool just helps helps recruiting their program? Yeah, it certainly does, and that's. Well, but they've got the hockey's a business. That's the biggest thing. Hockey's it's it used to be I'm going even to use the Greyhounds or Osho Generals or doesn't matter the OHL. 
It used to be I'm going to take my family out for a night of entertainment to watch an OHL or a CJHL hockey game or a greater Metro Hockey League, depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. Now it's you have to market it as entertainment, but as a business also. Yes. Yeah. Well, the higher salaries, the more expectations and the costs of operating a rink. You know, I'll jump back to Mattawa. You know, when I was in Mattawa, they're like, yeah, we get the best ice around January. I'm like, man, I bet you do, because there's no insulation here. <laughs> and it's, 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 and that people look at people look at pictures to watch my fast hockey. There's wood. There's wooden slabs on the wall, mm-hmm. and on the outside, I don't even know because I've never been there. I don't know if it's wood or uh, um, siding, Sliding. but that's that's all there is. There's nothing in between. That's just is there siding and no uh, no insulation whatsoever. Yeah, and like I say, they do have a nice plant, so it's not natural ice. Right. But they say January, February, it is like natural ice because of the how being minus 30 outside is minus 29 inside. Yeah, you know when they throw that, uh, you know, that ice machine uh, door open, you know. I've been, I've been told, and I don't know for a fact, and it's something I might want to check out. January, February, they say they don't even need the ice plant down there. That's correct. I was told the exact thing by the people yeah. that work there. Yeah. So it tells you. But going back to some of those barns, that's a nice way to play. Wait, what tradition? You know, people talk about getting out on, you know, lakes and playing, and that's great. But, you know, it's also great to get in with what we refer to, some of those older ones, is, you know, a good old barn. And that's literally what it is. It's just a, it's a roof with sides on it. There's, there's, you know, the only, the only warmth you're going to get is from the amount of clothes you have to put on. Or Tim Horton's coffee, or we talked about earlier this morning, a bowl of chili, or... yeah. Something along that lines, and you you wear you wear your toque and everything. Going back to my son playing in Michigan one time, it's one of the oldest rinks in North America in Calumet, Michigan. I know Calumet. And Calumet, and I joke joke around. They have mesh hanging from the roof, and people say, "Why do you have mesh hanging from the roof?" It's because the ice slabs that are falling from the roof <laughs> to stop it from hitting the players. Yeah. And I've been around hockey since I've been born, and going back to I compare it to Mattawa, where. Like some some kids say, you say I'm going to the barn to watch hockey. They're like going to the barn. Yeah. And a lot of kids don't know today. And Mattawa, the Mike Roden Arena is is a barn. But they you ask the players that are playing there this year, like your son, like you say, skated with them for a little bit. They love the the rink down there. Yeah. The, the ice was good. The ice was really good. And they, yeah. We'll ask we'll ask a few new ones. We'll ask them in January and February how they like it. <laughs> Um, Aaron might be wearing his long johns behind the bench, but I'll, I'll call him from Florida. <laughs> exactly. Well, before we finish the show, how 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 do people out there find uh, um, more information about the International Elite Sports Group? Sure, ie sportsgroup dot com. Ie sportsgroup dot com. And and the, and your spring hockey teams. And you can link to it right off of there. And that's National Elite Pharaohs Hockey. Uh, and also N.E. Pharaohs Hockey. So it's all linked together. And, uh, you know, we, we do that for that. We're, we're just doing our first year. Uh, we, we got together with, the, with Vixen Performance, and that is female-only uh, sports equipment, mainly hockey. And uh, so we're putting together two women's teams to also participate in the Niagara uh, Power Challenge so that we can support the women's and, and 
You, you still there? I think we lost you. Oh, sorry about that. Where'd you lose me? Oh, no, we're, we're, we're still there. We're still there. Just, I guess you froze or you just didn't move there. That's all. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so what, 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 just before we wrap up, what turn the Niagara Falls? When's the date you're doing that? The, uh, April 16th and April 24th, those weekends. So, and how would somebody be going about looking to, to play for the teams or try out for the teams? How would they be going about doing that? Go right onto the site, fill out the uh, information that's on there. And uh, Darren Trussler, who was with Owen Sound as an assistant and Mississauga Chargers as uh, video coach, uh, he's handling all of those things. He lives down in that area, in the Aurora area. So, you know, I just kind of turn it all over to him and say, you know, here it is. He, he assigns the coaches and the players and, and does all of that for them. Because, uh, as you know, I, I'm just coming back from some – some more health issues I had, so it's just easier to let him do that, and I just help promote it now. So, well, I can't thank you enough for being, like, say, a co-host, but also, like, say, International Sports Group, uh, Elite Sports Group, being, uh, like, say, our uh, our partner and sponsor of the show, and uh, join us every week to uh, to listen to what uh, the two crazy uh, ah. guys talk about on Against the Green, the hockey show. Yeah, as long as they don't ever, uh, you know, get us at too early in the morning. I think I think uh, you're definitely a Tim Hortons guy. Yeah, Tim Hortons. Yeah. We we only have a little uh, Starbucks here, but my wife won't let me touch Starbucks. She says it's too expensive and too much uh, too much high caffeine for uh, for my system. Yeah, well, you know, I like I like the uh, the cafe mochas myself. Yeah, so it's uh, I always say it doesn't matter where it comes from if it gives me some energy, that's fine with me. Yeah, well, I hope everybody tunes into JuniorHockeyNetwork.com and and puts it on their favorite list because I, you know, I know a lot of coaches, including myself, get on there to get our information. I well, get more information off your site than I actually do from you sometimes because you're you're busy putting the stuff on there. Exactly. Oh. Well, I can't like I say can't thank you enough for being on on the show oh, today. It's a pleasure. And we'll do it next week. But I uh, wish uh, Saw very good luck tonight. I'll, I'll, I'll um, let him know. Thank on you. His, on his debut. And um, um, we'll I'll surely talk to you probably during the game by text and everything else. Yeah. See how he's doing I, I love being, a, 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 you know, just sitting in scouting now. I am absolutely enjoying it. Uh, I don't I don't have it'd anything be, invested anymore. <laughs> being a hockey dad, but not a pain in the ass hockey dad. No, it's being a goalie dad. Don't even try There you go. One. Don't try that one at home. That's no, amazing. I hear, I hear that. No, I, I, I try to move. But something across, and that was enough. And he was a net in the cross, and that was uh, enough. Yeah. 